Hey everyone, this week on the Food About Town podcast, I talked to the Marty's Meats crew out at Sea Restaurant. So I apologize for the background noise of the recording, but it was their day off and they really wanted to go to their favorite spot in Rochester. So we talked a bit about their background, mobile food vending, and where they were going from here in the uh, in the cooking world. Hope you guys enjoy and uh, look forward to next week's episode where we talk to Vula Stratton from Vula's Greek Sweets. Thanks, and uh, enjoy. Everybody, I'm here with the entire Marty's Meats crew, and we're at Sea Restaurant, so apologies for the noise. We just chowed down on a lot of awesome food, so uh, thanks to them for not kicking us out while we're talking. Um, so why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves real quick. Andre, go ahead. I'm Andre Linares. I am our daily operations manager at Marty's Meats. Very professional, go ahead. Is Paul here? How you, do, how you guys doing? No uh, response, okay. <laughs> Keep on going. Um, hey, my name's Marty O'Sullivan. I'm the uh, owner of the truck. There we go. So, we've been chatting for a while, so we're kind of loosened up at this point. Um, go down the list and see how things go. Um, so... So, Marty, what was your background before starting the truck? Um, well, my original background, I was, uh, I grew up here in Rochester, went to McQuaid, <laughs> played college basketball at Fairfield University, and um, I had my MBA in finance, so I played a little bit afterwards, after college, uh, in Europe for a little while, I was in Portugal for about eight months, and then I played for Rochester Radio Sharks here in town, which is like the minor league ABA team um, and, before, and then after that I took a job with Morgan Stanley so I was at Morgan Stanley for about two and a half years so uh, but in college is when I kind of started getting an interest or gaining an interest in food and food systems and chefs and I think it had a lot to do with where I was I was outside of New York very easy to get to uh, a lot of good places to eat and, and that's when I started cooking myself and educating myself on you know, on the industry, and uh, so when I was at Morgan, I just was kind of, I eventually just got bored of it, and and found myself really just being drawn back to, to the food industry, so, so let's give it a chance, there wasn't, um, there wasn't a really strong truck presence in town when we opened, and that was one of the reasons why we opened the truck, because I felt there was a pretty good opportunity to be on the forefront of something that was probably going to come here, and it, and it has, you know. Yeah, when did you guys actually start? You were one of the first trucks open here. We opened August 10th. I mean, with the exception of Lizzie, who was open, I think we were second. I think Paul opened in October. Yeah, it was 2012. So, 2012. Right? So last August, we opened up, and um, when we hit the ground running, we've, we've been serving since September, five or six days a week. Um you know, serving a, an everyday schedule, and that's been 
it's been good. It's been challenging, but it's been very good to, to be serving like that. And, and we served all winter, and um, it's been a, a good experience. Awesome. So what's your favorite part and least favorite part about working mobile, you know, in the food industry? I think our favorite, my favorite, I think, is you get to meet a lot of different people. You get to see a lot of different people. Um, you get to be able, you know, you can adjust to where you are, to who you're serving. You have a lot of flexibility that, that a sit-down restaurant uh, does not have. The least favorite part. <laughs> Because obviously, I mean, it's pretty well known about the regulations. Um, you know, we rent a commissary. We have a, a shared space with another, with a catering company. That's very difficult. Not having our own home, I think, is a, a big challenge for us. Um, and something we want to, you know, change eventually. But to really have a home base um, where there's no outside distractions. But, you know, the, yeah, the regulations and the... And then there's a lot of other variable things. Weather... Um, things that play into I, I think all restaurants deal with that but um, but yeah not really having that centralized location makes it easy. yeah and the, the regulations are affecting all the trucks in different ways I mean are you guys are you guys headed downtown have you been downtown yet we have not been downtown yet um, and we will be in the next I'd say 30 days you could, you'll find, be able to find us part of the pilot program we're really eager to be part of it and um, unfortunately, the city, even though they've rolled out a decent program, it doesn't, they're not bending on certain things. So right now, we're still having some paperwork issues. End of July, they will be straightened out, and we will be downtown because we've been wanting to be a part of it. But, but for now, I'm not going to bend to one of their rules that I think is going to put my business in, in um, you know, put us on uneven footing. So I'm going to wait until... Uh, probably August, you're going to see us downtown. Yeah, and I can appreciate that. I know it's been a hard, uh, hard road for a lot of trucks yeah, downtown. Yeah, I, I know the first trucks have been doing well yeah, down there, so I'm sure a lot of people hope to see it down there soon. Yeah, it sounds like they're doing well, and um, and soon we hope to be doing the same. Yeah. So, like you said, the food truck scene, even now in the middle of 2013, is still in its relative infancy. Uh, how do you think people have been reacting to it so far? Andre, you can answer that one. You're on there every day. What do you think? <laughs> so we're we're still new in the food truck scene here right. compared to a lot of places. How do you think it's? How do you think people are reacting to it so far? I think uh, Rochester's starting to embrace it. Um, people are talking about it everywhere we. I mean, I'll, I'll walk in a restaurant when it's Wegmans. People are screaming Marty's Meats down the aisle. People people are starting to embrace it. Um, they're they're. People are knowledgeable about what's going on. They read the papers. They ask us questions about, um, you know, the, the new laws that Rochester has passed in this pilot program. And I, I think the city's really starting. The, the people here are they want it. They want to see it happen. Absolutely. They're excited. Everyone sees it on the Food Network and the yeah. great food truck. Great. I mean, I think Rochester's ready for it, um, and people are are here. Yeah. It's having it happen. Yeah, I think people love cool new things. And one of the other things I think people are getting more into are uh, locally sourced proteins. I saw the other day you had a good number of your proteins locally sourced. And like I saw Seven Bridges, your beef tongue was from them. I was really happy to see that. Um, how are you guys doing that going forward? Are you going to do more and more of your stuff local? Absolutely. Yeah, I think this is Paul's. This yeah. is his forte. Um, 
my background, my background cooking in New York City was basically centered on the, you know that local farming table. Oh sure. Fish. So, um, but not not right away because it took me a little while just to get legs in the in the industry. And but it's it slowly took root. And I mean, Marty's basically said. If you want to try and do some of this stuff, using this stuff around here, by all means, do it. Uh, we're still pretty early in the season, but from what I've seen so far, everything looks to be pretty compatible with what, what we're going to try and do for the next, you know, year, year beyond. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, even though we do have a short growing season, we do have a lot of great produce, and we have a we have a bunch of good meat uh, meat purveyors as well, so. It's a good thing to be buying local and working with uh, tasty local products, too. Yeah, so, you know, support support the system. Yeah, exactly. You know, because these are eventually going to be our our customers. You know, and if we support their products, they're going to support our products. And I just feel like that's uh, just a good way to good way to go about doing your, doing your thing. Yeah, so... And, it, and, and, they, and like, you know, if it, if it comes pretty close by, sometimes it tastes better, too. Absolutely. And it lasts longer. Yeah. Nice <laughs> to actually have fresh products instead yeah. of something shipped away half, halfway across the country. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, we try we try our best. We've gotten, we're getting, with the season, absolutely, we're getting more towards being able to use as much local as possible because it's more available. Yeah. In the winter, it's not quite as available, maybe. But, um, but Paul has a real passion for the farm-to-table stuff. He's got experience with that, and that, and and we're 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 getting to the point where we're going to have you know majority of our menu is locally sourced. I think it's impossible to say that you're always going to be 100 percent locally sourced. And so we're and so we're in that transformation of trying to become as much as we can while still running a nice business model of being locally sourced. And, and like you said, it's better tasting. It does last longer. It's not traveling. We want to build relationships with local farmers. We want to support local farmers. We want them to support us. And uh, it's a good cycle. Yeah. So moving on to the food truck rodeos, it's kind of been crazy this year for the first two. You know, huge lines. You guys were busy both times. And what I did notice was you guys were doing some cool new stuff at the at the rodeos. Like I mentioned the uh, beef tongue. You guys had a beef tongue taco the other day, which was phenomenal from top to bottom. I mean, it was uh, one of the best beef tongue preparations I've ever had. What were you What were you guys doing to it? The beef tongue itself. I mean, it's not really that secretive, but uh, definitely, dry, you know, dry roasted it for a while, uh, and then and then had it under some substantial animal fat <laughs> for another extended period of time. Yeah, we do a lot of pork belly, so Paul was able to reserve some some rendered fat and then uh, and do a little face, you know, added it to the, the tongue. Yeah, but really, just like. Just you know, really generous with the seasoning. Wanted to roast it pretty, you know, pretty slow temperature to yep. set that seasoning. Yep. Um, and then I finished, you know, we finished it in the in the pork fat. Um, and then I mean, product speak for itself. Salt, pepper, Absolutely. a little bit of fat, you know, and they're good. They're yeah, the, well yeah, raised animal. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so, a great beef tongue. I've used it at home a number of times. Sure. Yeah, the Seven Bridges they have nice beef tongue. We're we. We've been wanting to do that for some time. It's always, you know, we were getting to getting to use it. And we got them. We played around with them. We finally rolled it out at the market. We had a good response. And um, you know, we're talking to Seven Bridges this week about getting some more 
and maybe some beef ribs as well from them. So we're, we're looking to use more of their product as well. But the, the tongue went over very well. I think we kept it very simple and authentic. And oh, yeah. Paul made a real nice chimichurri. There wasn't really too much to it other than No, it was really simple, but, yeah. you know, it's the details that Flavor count. Forward. When you actually, you know, char a tortilla instead of serving it raw, people notice a difference. It's Even though they might not know everything about it, they're like, oh, this tastes better. Sure. Nobody likes a raw flour tortilla. It's awful. There's right. a place for the for, you know, uncooked, you know, flour turkey or whatever it is, yeah. but I mean, one of the reasons why we do this day in, day out is to make it a little different and make, it, t- and make it taste good. So yeah, I mean, just in regards to that, the rodeo for us, um, we, we, we're, we've been using that as a place to try to experiment with that. Yeah. It's a good time to, to try some new things, to go out there a little bit. You know, Paul did a really nice four-watt donut that I think you had a chance to try. Yeah, it was really interesting. <laughs> I mean, it was definitely the most unique thing I saw at the market that day. And yeah, and, and that's, a great, that's a great stage for us to get to try some different stuff. And, and people, I think, appreciate that. You know? Yeah, and I think it makes people excited, especially the food nerds out there. I mean, it's, I mean, when you see foie gras and a donut, I mean, it's... That's cool stuff. And it was great. I, I thought it was just, yeah. different. Yeah, I mean, it was over the top, which is in which the is, best possible way. Which is perfect, you know. It was, it was super like sweet, super savory, super salty, and it was just good. <laughs> I've gotten the flavor market, too. Yeah. yeah. Bone marrow. You're, you're going to eat, you're gonna eat a foie gras donut once in your life. Yeah, exactly. You're not eating it twice a month. Yeah. Six, once every six months. No. I mean, you're going to have a donut once in your life. Yeah. Maybe, but hopefully, hopefully more, but... <laughs> Not, not many more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you guys do a lot of smoking, too. Yeah. Now, we have, I wouldn't say a huge barbecue scene here, but we got a couple places that are big doing smoking. Yeah. How do you guys do your smoking? Obviously, you said you're working out of a commissary. You guys have a rig over there? We have, um, we have two smoking units. One's a 12-foot trailer mm-hmm. that we use for special events. That's a reverse flow. I had it built out of Athens, Georgia, and it's um, it's got a reverse flow. We got about, we can do about 300 pounds at a time on the main barrel, wow. and then we have a drag heat grill on the back. Um, and then we have a second unit um, that's like a controlled temperature uh, cook shack. They make them, they're, they're great. Yeah. You set, they're electric, but they're, they, they also smoke, they, right. they burn real wood, and, we're, and so we use apple wood. Um, yeah, the smoking process, I mean, I think our stuff, I like smoking, it's presby, I, I like the flavor of it. A lot of the cuts we try to use require low and slow preparations, and um, and yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of great, great, I think, cuts that you can make even better with that preparation. There are a lot of good barbecue places in town, Yeah. Um, and people like it, so... We like it. I like. I mean, when we started, I I, I did it mainly because that's what I like to cook and eat. Yeah. Well, I think barbecue is a good way of, uh, like what I was saying before, you you're respecting the ingredient too, because if you take a, a pork shoulder and you just toss it in a crock pot yeah. and call it pulled pork, it's not the same thing. If you're making the ingredients work to their fullest, I mean, yeah, we can use we can use a lot of cuts set, and I also think it's a way of using everything, and we haven't got to yet. But we've been talking for a while about doing a, a at the market a nose to tail type theme or something where we use everything. And smoking gives you the ability to use some of those cuts that other that, that go, you know, that people don't think about. Yeah. And it's a great way of using everything and being a little more sustainable by using that type of product. Um, 
Yeah, we smoke mainly with Applewood. We've just started smoking chicken wings, which I think are are really fantastic. Yeah, I saw a picture of that today. I mean, they, they look fantastic. They look yeah, awesome. People are loving them. Yeah, in a town that's, you know, we have great wings all around town, I, I'd be confident to say that they're as good as anybody's wings right yeah. now. I really believe I'll that. I'll put them up against anyone's. Very exciting. Um, so, you guys have obviously started doing a lot of experimenting on the bone barrel, the other stuff. Is there something you guys really want to be doing that you haven't got a chance to use yet? Ingredient ones. What do you think, Paul? Are we, you know, strawberries from our beef tarts. I mean, I, I want to see the first, you know, the first carrots come out of the ground. Yeah. You know, wait for the vegetables to come out. Corn to become really yeah, low. Corn is going to be great. Yeah. Uh, but like, I mean, protein-wise or vegetables? What do you mean? Just Either way, yeah. Anything you're looking forward to. Yeah. I mean, we did pork. You know, we did steamed bugs. Very cool. yeah, I think the beef ribs. Beef I'm excited about yeah. beef ribs. And brisket. We've been talking brisket, about. We, brisket has been... Um, we did corned beef for St. Patrick's Day, and it was great. We did it ourselves. Yeah. Um, brisket's tough. With the holding on a truck, is very difficult. Right. So we've been hesitant to go there, but I think at some point we will, whether it be pastrami or... We, you know, we talked about doing a beef tongue pastrami fall at thought of sure. maybe curing some other stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I think beef ribs for me, I can't wait. It's all exciting, though. Yeah. I mean, we kind of, you know, that's the nice thing about the truck is that we're not, we have that flexibility. And some, some morning, we're just sitting around or whatever and, and may just say, I feel like using this. Yeah. Okay, well, let's find it. And we have, 20, you know, 24 hours later, we got it and, and we'll figure out what we're doing. But at the same time, we've also narrowed in on what we've been doing and trying to make some of our staples as the best possible. You know, we have some things that are very pos- popular, and and we stay focused on that while adding, you know, some some uh, some different things. You know, which is important. Yeah. So, getting outside of food for a second. So, obviously, you were big into basketball. You still follow basketball at all? Or? Yeah, yeah, I like basketball. I coached. I helped uh, coach Chet McQuaid for a couple of years, three years up until I started this. Um, which I'm sure eats up most of your time. This does eat me up a lot of my time. Yeah. Um, no pun intended. But, um, yeah, basketball is still a part of my life, sort of. You know, I have a lot of guys I played with or against that are still playing or still coaching. Or, you know, I see my former coaches that are still in the... My, my first coach at Fairfield just accepted the, the uh, assistant job at Stanford today. So it's cool to see that type of stuff. You know, I'm still, oh, it's really cool. I'm still in contact with those guys. And, and I don't play anymore. I play. I don't play anything anymore. We just talk all the time. So, all the I was going to say, like, hobbies got to be. Hobbies got to be really tough well, for you guys. Typically, we cook. Cooking is, is very much like athletic events and being part of a team and stuff like that. Yeah. And like the ups and the downs and the physicality and like. People forget about the physical nature of standing and working all day. You're moving hard. Yeah, but the places that I've worked, and you know, there's not much standing going on. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and so like you know, you take a rodeo example, and it's very similar. And I, I when I think about our business, I think a lot about it as athletics because I'm familiar with team aspects and, and getting um, my team assembled. I think that we've got a great team. It's taken time, and um, I think we're there to a really good point. Um, but like I said, it's a lot like athletics when the when the ball goes up or the windows open, like in a rodeo or yeah. something that's busy. It's a very high-pressure situation. It's very much communicating, just like sports. You need to communicate. You need to know what you're supposed to do. And you're in a time frame of 
X amount of time and it's intense for that whole time. So it's very simple. There's people watching. And there's people watching. Everyone can see everything that's going on. Oh, yeah. Not only that, it's constant motion. I mean, especially in a situation like the rodeo, it's jam-packed for, what, three and a half, four hours? Three hours, yeah. And you got to communicate. You got to rely on each other. It's very similar to athletics. Um, and you get a little bit of rush from game time or from service time. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's similar. So, obviously, we're out at Sea Restaurant right now. You guys get a chance to eat out much? I mean... Other than this, do you have any other favorite places around town? We need, I mean... Yeah, this is our jam on Monday. We've been yeah. coming here Monday morning. When we're pretty hungover, this is where we come. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, nothing better than Vietnamese food, <laughs> yeah. soups and stuff. Yeah. But we also home. like Chen Garden a lot. Chen Garden Sunday Sorry. is a ritual Sunday night. There you go. Um, and then one plug i got to give for our guys to get us some sauce sometimes. I think Swan's on a Friday for lunch. It's a amazing. It's a vast experience, you know, just a unique experience in town. Um, you know the the, guy, the old German guys sitting yeah. around eating veal sausages. Yeah. It's it's, oh, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, if you got time, if you got a Saturday off and you can go in and have a pitcher of beer and eat, and you know people from the neighborhood coming in and speaking German and, and watching it, you, you'll be you'll forget that you're here in town. Yeah. But there's yeah there's a lot of good spots. I mean, we come here very often. Chen Garden. Um, yeah. I think the Reverie is a nice addition. Yeah, it's a nice food, new place. Yeah. It's pretty. Yeah. yeah, the food they still are working out, but I think the, the actual spot itself is a nice addition. I like University. I think it's a good area. Yeah, they're trying to do something new, you know, right. between those guys and, you know, Joe Bean Coffee over there. These people are really trying to push Where else do we eat? the Rochester like food scene. I like Dinosaur, right? Yeah, Dinosaur's got good I stuff. I like their ribs. Yeah, absolutely. And I like their bar scene. Yeah, they're getting so big now, too, Dinosaur. I mean, they've got, you know, two or three New York City locations. Yeah, I mean, they're they're getting huge. Yeah. yeah, they're great. They're great um, from a business perspective. It's great to watch what they've been able to do. Yeah. Restaurante uh, Lucano is a good one. Yeah, it's, it's another. It's in that yeah, University it's a, it's East Ave location. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like there's a fairly good food. Too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good luck does a pretty good job. Absolutely. You know, you know the ones. Yeah, but it's. I think it's interesting to see what people are actually cooking food like. Cause, yeah. You know, I'm a I'm an amateur cook, and it's interesting to see the opinions of guys actually in the trenches every day. Yeah, you know, we, we have so time. much time. Off. I mean, we're cooking a lot. When we have time, I find myself at Chen's. I find myself here. Rocco, if I can get there for lunch on Fridays, is always good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't tell you the last time. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say like, but stuff I crave. I mean. I, I, I want, you know, I'm trying to think well. <laughs> no. I was going to say, like, you know, between that, between going out, you guys probably don't have much time to cook at home. Uh, no, I just recently moved into a place and it's about half furnished because I moved in oh, in June nice. and I haven't even been able to move in. I'm there. making more baby food than I have. <laughs> yeah. I cook at home often. That's, that yeah. must be scary, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Slicing tomatoes and cutting bark and cutting basil. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and Paul, Paul has a um, an eight-month eight month old son. Five, five oh, months. Sorry. So yeah, he's producing a new line of baby food coming out. It's all, right. <laughs> oh, just, yeah. yeah. That's so, fantastic. He, but he's all grown. <laughs> I can't tell you the name of it. It, it will take off. Oh yeah, who doesn't want gourmet baby food? That's right. Yeah. I wish I could be. I probably had some sort of that. <laughs> that was just adult baby food. Oh, really? 
and just only pureed stuff for a month. It's, it'll be the new bad diet. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Well, I think we covered everything. Um, I appreciate you guys uh, sitting out with me for a while. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I've been a fan for a while. And, you know, I see you guys at the market all the time, and you guys have been uh, killing it at the food truck radio. So yeah, we got some good stuff going on. We got some new stuff coming up. I mean, um, the 11th we meet with a, uh, a packing facility. We're having our barbecue sauce labeled and bottled. So oh, really we're cool. looking in. I think about four weeks we'll have that out for sale. We got a couple places they're going to carry it for us, um, which is exciting. You know, part of what we want to do, and then. You know, after the summer, we got to figure out where we want to head, head with what we're doing. If it's more mobile, if it's if it's finding a home or what. But yeah. Um, so yeah, there's exciting stuff coming along. Well, I wish you guys the best. Thanks for taking Thanks. the time. Thank you. And um, uh, hopefully, we'll talk to you guys again at some point. Good.